Welcome back to Mama's Mission, everyone. If you're listening to today's episode, I want to say a huge thank you. You don't have to be listening, but you're choosing to, using your valuable time, and I'm so, so here for it and so thankful. Today, I want to do what I do with my daughter, and I want to give you the good news or the bad news. Do you want the bad news first? Because usually, if you're like me, that's what you want to go for. The bad news is that, yes, I have promised that we were going to have part four and part five of our series that we've been trying to get through on how kids stay connected to Christ in the church. And I'm going to tell you, I'm working hard to get those interviews, but due to sickness, one with one of my guests and one with one of their children, it just hasn't panned out. So we are getting there. We are working on it. So that takes me to the good news. And the good news is that I have a really special episode this week with Kayla from Baby Devotions. And we really look into how to use devotions to disciple your kids, how to do it with like little babies, how she does it, all the good things. I want to apologize in advance if occasionally it sounds a bit spotty. I am a novice at this whole editing game. I'm trying my best, but if you do hear, it does get a bit spotty occasionally, and I think that's just with our connection because, you know, isn't it amazing how we can actually do interviews across the world? Kayla was over in the States and I was here in New Zealand, managed to make it work, but Zoom did not play the game very well occasionally so yeah it was slightly spotty but I hope you don't notice too much in the whole episode but I hope that you really enjoy the episode and you get heaps out of it so I guess we shouldn't really muck around let's just get into it. Hey there you're listening to Mama's Mission a podcast that unpacks the mission of discipling your kids into a real and loving relationship with the Lord while doing all we do in this crazy thing we call mamahood. So if you're looking for a place to get inspired about discipling your kids, get some actual tools to do so, and to make your journey as a mama that little bit simpler, you've come to the right place. I'm Deb and I can't wait to journey with you as we unpack our missions as mamas together. Welcome back to Mama's Mission. This week I have a very special guest, Kayla from Baby Devotions. I, I'm going to be honest and I Facebook stalked her to find out a little bit more about her. I'm so excited to talk to her and see what we can learn from her today. So welcome to the podcast, Kayla. Hi, thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to chat in real time. This This will be fun. So it's super exciting. You're 6.30 in the morning where you are and I'm 11.30 p.m. where I am. And it's, I don't know, today was not the best day to stop drinking coffee because 5 p.m. hit and I, oh my goodness, I was tired. <laughs> oh no, I, I can't live without my coffee. I I can't even try that right now. <laughs> I know. I thought... I have a funny, I don't know why I'm trying to investigate why my, because I'm breastfeeding at the moment and I wondered if coffee was having an effect, but I don't know. We're going to try it anyway, but yeah, it's not, it's not fun anyway. 
No, it's not fair. I feel like breastfeeding, that stage of life is where like you need that caffeine, but also like <laughs> it affects your baby. So it's just, it's not fair. It's I 100% agree. <laughs> well, Kayla, can you tell the listeners a bit about it yourself? Yeah. So I am from Minnesota in the United States. My husband is from Mexico and we live up here in Minnesota with three kids. They are all bilingual while well, the baby is five months. So he is, he doesn't know what he is yet, but (laughs) yeah, so we speak Spanish and love Jesus and um, work to show our littles who Jesus is. That is so awesome because that's what my heart is as well, to show my kids who Jesus is. So hopefully that can lead them into a loving and intimate relationship with him. That's, That's the aim of the game here anyway. So that's cool. So what does discipleship look like to you? So I feel like there's two components to discipleship. There's lessons that are caught and there's lessons that are taught. So like lessons that are caught are like when you just put it in a rhythm of your day of we are going to, we, we pray before we eat or the way you live your life, um, the way you treat your neighbors, the way you treat your children. Those are just, your kids are always picking those things up and they're showing them because you are a Christian and they know that it's showing them a piece of who Jesus is. And so those are lessons that are caught, which I definitely think are the most important, but then there's also lessons taught that we actually need to like sit down with our kids and tell them, okay, this is the Bible. This is what we believe. And um, so that's more of what we focus on, on baby devotions. Um, Just because I feel like that is such an important part of anyone's relationship is actually like, relationship with God is getting in and understanding who God is and diving into that. So that is kind of what discipleship looks like for us is lessons caught is our everyday. And then the lessons taught is sitting down and we are going to be intentional in um, sharing what we actually do believe and making sure that you understand concretely, this is who we believe Jesus is and who God is and what the Bible says and what we believe. I think that's really cool. I completely agree with you. And I love that that concept of there are two components to di- discipleship. It's lessons caught and, or taught. And that's so true. If you had to put a percentage on it, would you say one is more important? Like you've said one is more important than the other, but would you would you put a percentage on it like you would probably do 50% lessons caught, 50% lessons taught? I mean... I don't even know because I feel like the lessons caught are like all day, every day, because your kids are always watching you. And so those <laughs> yeah. are lessons that they're picking up. And so, yeah, I'm not sure I, I even can. I definitely feel like the lessons taught are more important, but it's so much, I mean, caught. But like also, if you don't ever sit down and teach your kids like what you actually believe, then they're just kind of left to their own devices to figure out what that means. So, yeah, maybe 50-50. I mean, yeah, in a percentage, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So your hardest to teach the Bible to your littles. How do you actually do this? Yeah, so I started baby devotions when my oldest was about a year and a half, and I kind of just started because I I got swept into the Instagram play community and seeing all these like cool accounts talking about how they play with their kids and teach them at home and. I think when you're like in the Christian 
like evangelical world, you will run into lots of homeschoolers. So that's like a very trendy thing is homeschool your kids. And so I just know a lot of people that are homeschooling and seeing like what they're doing at home. And so with our family, so my children are Spanish dominant. My middle child doesn't speak Spanish at all, but we go to an English speaking church. Well, they have a Spanish service and that's what we go to, but all the children's ministry is in English. Mm -hmm. And at one and a half, I knew my oldest, like when we go to church, she was going there learning how to speak English. She wasn't learning about Jesus. Like, yes, she was, but it's all in English. So it's not like what she understands. It's not her heart language. And so realizing I believe our faith is important and I want my child to know that Jesus speaks her heart language. So how can we do that? And how can we, and also um, my parents were pastors. I grew grew up in ministry and just knowing that most discipleship is at home. And I'm not going to say all that because there's lots of, there's lots of kids I know that they did not come from Christian homes and now they are serving the Lord. And that's because um, someone introduced them to Jesus when they were a child and that like changed their life and revolutionized their life. But I think for the large majority of us, like discipleship is going to happen in your home and is going to happen seeing the way your family follows Jesus. And I really wanted my kids to know that that's important to us. And so started just going through our baby devotional or our baby Bible that we had at home, our storybook Bible, and just one story at a time and saying, okay, how would I, how could we play with this so that my one and a half year old can have a better understanding about what this story is. And so we did things like, like the rainbow, just like watercolor painting a rainbow or doing a craft or sorting colors, things that are very much like at her level. And then it kind of just, it became more, more me looking at, okay, how do I understand this? What is something I'm getting out of this story right now for me? And how could I share that with my child? And so that's something, and I continue to look at that. Like when I'm doing my Bible reading, just like that's kind of what drives it is like, how can I share my faith with my child? And so that sometimes looks like doing sensory bins. Like my middle child is very sensory and tactile. And we just did one a couple weeks ago on a Bible story, or sometimes it's finding ways to get my little child to, or my youngest to just be engaged with something else for a little bit so that we can read the Bible story and pray and just have yeah. like a moment. Cause sometimes that's half the battles. They're just like, Oh, Hey, feed me. And everything's about me because I'm the baby. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, the- I mean, every day and every season holds something new. There's some seasons like when my child was, or my youngest was in the NICU that the, I mean, discipleship looked more like, okay, we're going to listen to a podcast while we go pick up your big sister from school, because that is the capacity I have to do anything. So, but I mean, those things are also, it's just a way to keep your family anchored. You're showing your children, this is the Bible is for them and that it's important to our family. And also that it's something that keeps us anchored, that we we love Jesus and we want to know more about him and do our best to follow him. And when we have to read our Bibles and get to know him, if we want to be able to do that. So That's so cool. I have, just as you were talking, like so many different questions coming to <laughs> mind, which is, which is really good. <laughs> and it's hard because <laughs> I can't write that fast. So the first thing that comes to mind is how often are you intentionally like 
create like well okay first of all backtrack how long does it take you to create a play-based activity really that coincides with what you're trying to teach them yeah most of the time it's just minutes I'm just looking for something that's around my house and what can I use that's around my house sometimes like if I'm really feeling creative and like I need to get my creative outlet in myself <laughs> like it, I'll do something like a little more elaborate but like most of the time it's just like okay what do I have around my house that I could use to share the story with my children so it's nothing take I think sometimes people get intimidated because they're like yeah oh, so much but honestly it's like okay I threw I threw some popcorn in a bin and was like okay now we're going to talk about Joseph and how he saved Egypt by storing all the grain. Like it does not have to be that complicated. And sometimes it looks more complicated than it is. But yeah. I think it's because we're seeing something new and seeing like, oh, like this looks very, this is out of my comfort zone. And I mean, so it does feel intimidating, but most of the time it takes minutes. That's so awesome. I love that. Have you seen how effective it is with your kids? I think what's most effective is that they by doing those and just sitting down and being intentional is showing them that, that the Bible is accessible to them. Like yeah. they have access to it. Cause otherwise, I mean, when we talk about the Bible and talking about anything spiritual, it can sometimes feel like, I mean, feel confusing and like, well, it's this great big book. I don't know how to read yet. And what is this? And most of the time, I mean, unless your children ha- or your church has a children's service, a lot of times like church services can go above a child's head. And so it's like, okay, yeah. this is like a big thing for adults, but what about me? Like, the, and so the goal is, it's not necessarily to make sure that they learn something. It's more just to show them that there's a place for them at the table that Jesus said, let the little children come. And I feel like when we sit down and are intentional about showing them that the Bible is for you and that, God is accessible to you, that we, the point is to show them that, that Jesus said, let the little children come and they have a place in the kingdom. And I mean, even Jesus said that if we want to be a part of the kingdom, we have to become like little children. Yeah. So if we really think about it, like they're the most important part of the whole kingdom and making a space for them and letting them know that there, there is a space for them in the kingdom. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I hope they pick that up. But <laughs> it's it's a way for me or for them to hear the words Jesus and get to practice what is prayer. And it looks very silly. I mean, my four year old is a middle child and she has all that middle child like wild, crazy, I'm just gonna be silly and get some attention. And so I mean, it's taking it taking it all <laughs> with ebbs and flows and just embracing that kids are going to be kids and that's that's beautiful and Jesus loves them he made them that way and so yeah. but making making a point for them them to know that that Jesus loves them as they are yeah I totally agree I totally agree and I think that's so cool you know we may not be seeing necessarily huge fruits from it like they can recite back to you the moral of the story or whatever yeah. but I think in the years to come, they're going to reflect back and and know that your faith was really important to you because you actually were really intentional about sitting down with your kids and, you know, really um, taking the time to find activities to further cement 
stories or concepts that we really want them to grasp. So I don't know. We may not see the fruits now, but I don't know. It's all about making, what is it? It's about making heavenly deposits or something like that, you know, you know, our fruits, we, we're totally going to see them in the future, in the years to come. So how important do you feel your walk with Christ is in discipling your little ones? I would say it's the most important, like, cause you can't teach your kids what you don't know. And that's not saying that you have to have your faith all figured out. There's definitely parts of my faith I have not figured out yet that and like, again, like I grew up in church, like my, my dad mm. is a pastor, my mom's pastor's wife. Like I have been doing ministry since I was old. like, and so, I mean, but there's still things the Lord is like teaching me and working me on. So like, you don't have to have your faith figured out, like to be able to do this. But I think it is important to be actively seeking out the scripture and like working on and working on your own faith. Because you can't share with your children something you don't have. And again, that looks very different depending on your seasons of life, like where you have been. I just tend to be, I tend to be one of those like nerds that's like, I start reading a passage and I'm like, but wait, what about the context? And what is this actually saying? And like, I end up leaving with so many more questions and <laughs> I tend to like take a very long time going through any scripture pas- passage, like weeks to months because I just am like but wait okay I'm gonna like figure out what the Greek says because I know of a free resource that will like tell me what that says and I can figure it out but I think other times like it can be okay finding a solid bible podcast because there's definitely been seasons um after my second was born so I had like undiagnosed anxiety and depression like since my teen years and when my my middle child was born, it got really bad and I could barely get out of bed. I like going to anything social. I would come back and have like panic attacks just on the floor of like, did I look because it was just too much. Yeah. And um, in those seasons, I was definitely not doing that. I was not reading commentaries, but I think finding like a Bible podcast that Okay, they're talking about the scriptures. So one that I really have enjoyed is the Bible binge because it's the the way they describe it is that they talk about the Bible in a casual way, not out of disrespect, but as in an effort to better understand the story. But it makes it so it's not so serious and unattainable that I can laugh as I'm reading some of these stories and some of the things that like sound ridiculous to us in our Western ideas. So that's been that one in that season where it was really dark and hard just really ministered to me because it was like, okay, the Bible is still accessible to me. And I can laugh at just like yeah. where I am in life because sometimes it's really heavy and motherhood is not necessarily a walk in the park because <laughs> you're raising these small children and then, okay, we have all these hormones and depending on the way you grew up or your motherhood can be triggering and oh yeah and take you on a wild ride you didn't know you were going to be on and so there's grace for every season but I think like sorry but all that to go back to your original question (laughs) I think all of that leading to faith is like that's all working on our own faith all of that leads us back to like okay Jesus where are you in this and when we seek Jesus and look for him even if it's 
even if it's letting someone else minister to us in their podcast, or those are things that are working on our faith. And I think that's the most important thing that we can do because when our kids see us working on ourselves in our own faith, that's one of those lessons caught. It's one of those things that they see mom reads her Bible and she prays for me. And that is they're going to take with them. Yeah. And so even if we don't, like I don't do sensory events every day and we don't do activities every day, but I make sure my kids see me reading my Bible like regularly. Yeah. Just praying because I mean, yeah, I just told you right before we started that, like my baby woke up at five. Like if I'm up, my kids are up or vice versa. Like they're up. So now I'm awake. (laughs) And so I yeah. There, there's lots of like talk about quiet time and morning time, but in these little years, like that is not, that's, that's just not a reality. And so sometimes it's saying, okay, well, my kids are going to see me reading my Bible while I nurse this baby. And that's what it's going to be. Or we're going to listen to mama's Bible podcast in the car while we like drive and do errands today. And so I think them seeing that as a priority in our own lives, as well as us being able to share those lessons that we're learning with them as long as they're like not R-rated because the Bible is not a PG story. It's not. So as long as they're like, <laughs> like an age appropriate lesson out of it, then I mean, and we can share that with them. That is like a way to bring them into our own faith journey. And so yeah. I yeah, it's I think it's the number one important place. Oh, for sure, for sure. I you need because I know that was a long rant. But <laughs> Yeah. No, that that was really cool. And I, I'm so in agreement. I did a bit of research about discipleship and, and just the most effective way that we can, you know, share Jesus with our kids. And after all the research, it's not a devotional. It's not, it's not an activity that we've done with our kids. It really is about modeling and yeah. it's just being really authentic and you know, we, if you love Jesus, you want to be learning more about him and, and spending more time with him. And that's what we need to be modeling to our kids that it, that is super important. So I'm totally in agreement, and I'm really keen to look up um, the Bible binge. I'll link that in the, the description, but that sounds super cool. I, yeah. I love listening to podcasts, so I'm all for that. And even just, you know, those fun facts, not fun facts, but, you know, the the things in the Bible that we might not have picked up in our reading. And it sounds like in this podcast, you're going to get a little bit more information potentially on scripture. So I'm, I'm keen to know that. Yeah, yeah. I have really enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, I hope you do as well. So. <laughs> I'm sure I will. What would you say to the mum who says, I don't have time to do this with my littles? I would say, well, one, there's grace for every season. Um, That was something that a mom friend spoke into me when I had my first. And she was like, just know, like, there is grace and you don't have to do it perfectly. Um, But I would also say, like, find something that works for you. Again, like I mentioned, like a season where I had really bad postpartum depression yeah um and so I I ended up getting help so I want to like say that also yeah there is a mom that is also struggling like don't be afraid to get help um I think their therapy and medical 
assistant or like medication assistance has been very like stigmatized in Christian circles, um, but it's been the best thing I could have ever done for myself. So one, get help you need, but also just like find something that works for you. So right now my kids really love, so in, it's a Spanish podcast, but Kids Say They They is a Spanish podcast we really enjoy because they're little Spanish speakers. And it's a Bible story podcast. And we listen to that while we run to um, the grocery store. And that's how short it is. We live very close to the grocery store, but that is, that's discipleship. That's intentional discipleship where, oh, we're going to listen to our Bible story podcast instead of the Encanto soundtrack or turning on worship music, or even I have a couple playlists on my Spotify that are just songs that are singing scripture. And I have an English playlist and a Spanish playlist. So just songs that are complete scripture. So while your kids are listening, they are listening to the Bible. They're memorizing the scripture and meditating on that. And so those are very, those are things that take no time on your part. You turn on Spotify. Like I think it takes more time, more effort to like turn on my TV and find a show that they want to watch. And so it does not have to be like, you don't have to spend hours doing this. You can literally just like, okay, we're going to listen to this together on the way to the store. And so there's ways, but if that doesn't work for you, like some people are not audio learners. I mean, make it a part of your routine. If you're reading Mm. bedtime stories, switch in a storybook Bible on occasion, or something that I really enjoyed is Coloring Kindness is a shop on Instagram that she has um, scripture cards and she sells these huge packets of cards that have scripture verse on them. And she has um, Spanish packets and English packets. And if you hang that, you could hang them around your home or just hang one around your home as a reminder to like work on memorizing that verse. That's, that's meditation. That is getting that word like into your heart and into your kids' hearts. And so that's discipleship as well. And so there's ways to do it that aren't, they're not going to take over your life. I mean, or if it feels like a lot, like I like to think, even for myself, I like to think of them as like spiritual snacks. Is that just when you're in the little years, it's a season where you're not sitting down to do a lot of things. You are up, like even when I'm feeding the baby, I feel like I have to get my kids, my older kids, something like every five minutes, they like need something. And so there's just not a lot of time for just you. So find a way to get some scripture snacks. You're not gonna be sitting down reading like, you're again, like I said, your quiet time probably doesn't exist in this season. Like you're probably not getting up at 5 a.m. to read your Bible. You're getting up at 5 a.m. because there is a child that needs to be fed. And so, but if you can hang a scripture on your mirror and you're gonna meditate on that as you get ready, or if you can listen to a podcast in the car while you're running to do groceries. Those are things that are discipleship and they're things that will feed your soul as well. Like turning on worship music or music that is just scripture. Like those are things that can minister to your soul and it brings your littles onto that journey with you. So that that's the point where the lessons caught and lessons taught are actually the same thing is that you are just bringing Mm -hmm. your kids onto your own faith journey. And you can't sustain on that forever, but I mean, like eventually you're going to need a full meal, like sitting down and listening to a sermon or being in a mom's group and someone else watches your kids. But I think from the day to day, like, like, just like as a mom, a lot of moms like really struggle to get a full meal, 
full meal and, and they're living yeah. off of their kids' leftovers. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing to think of your spiritual life in the same context. Is that sometimes we might just be eating our kids' leftovers, but we are like taking them on that journey with us. We are feeding them spiritual snacks too. And we're taking that in for ourselves. <laughs> so Oh, I love that. That is so cool. An awesome analogy about spiritual snacks. And I love the advice that you're giving to mums listening who may be feeling a bit overwhelmed, like I cannot do that at all. But it it really is simple, like, and just making it real for you and what's going to work for you in the season that you're in, because you're so right. We are all in different seasons, some good seasons, some not so good seasons, and you just got to work with those. Yeah. And I mean, there's grace for like every season that we're in. Like, I think sometimes we think that we are doing, that we're trying to disciple our kids or do our Bible reading or pray and doing it for God. But that's like, that's not true. That is not what these practices or we call them disciplines. That's not what spiritual disciplines are about. They they aren't for God. They're for us. It's for a way for us to tune our hearts to him and learn about him. And I like to talk about it as like tending our roots so that our like as Paul said I pray that you would be rooted and established in love well that's what we're doing when we are reading our bible and praying is we are taking time to remember that we are loved and out of that flows the desire to study our bibles or to pray because we remember that we're loved and yeah. that love flows throughout every other part of our life from our parenting like if we take the time to remember that we we're covered by God's grace. Well, that gives us grace to like parent our littles and show up when they make mistakes or, and remember that we're not doing our Bible reading to show God how much we love him or because like we have to, it's because we want to remember that we are loved as well. Yeah. hundred percent. I like to think of it is that it's not, it's not about God. Like we're not failing at parenting. If we don't get this done, we are seen and we are loved. And out of that, that is where, the desire should flow to like do these things is that first remembering that we are loved by God and we don't have to do anything to earn that. Yeah, I completely agree. So when did you start intentionally discipling your kids and how has it changed as they've got older? Um, Well, I started when my oldest was a year and a half. And I think like it's definitely changed. My, my four-year-old is still enjoys sensory bins and doing things that I originally started doing with my oldest, but now my oldest is in first grade. She's not into those things. She's too cool. She knows more. Actually, I say that like tongue in cheek that like, oh yeah, she knows more than me, but actually because she's in a Spanish immersion school, she really does know more than me. Like she's always coming home. <laughs> like, I don't know. And I'm like, I taught you how to speak Spanish and now you speak it better than me. That's not fair. So, but now what she enjoys is more of that discussion piece and discipleship looks, she goes to school at 7am. So that's like very early 7am till two. And so a lot of times discipleship has looked like over breakfast that just we will read a Bible passage or like, and some occasionally work on memorizing scripture. But a lot of times it has been more just, being in discussion with her about what's going on with school and starting those conversations about, okay, how are your friends? And I think 
one of the most beautiful things of her like getting older is seeing how these scriptures can be applied to her life talking about and seeing more of those fruits from when she was little talking about okay who is Jesus and what's his character and what do we see in him and finding ways that oh this is applicable to your small life talking about okay what does it mean to be a peacemaker when all of your friends are make in front of this other kid on the playground. And sometimes like I'll hear from her teacher funny ways that that like actually played out, like her rounding up all of the kids and making them apologize. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, those are the fruits. That's like what you hope to see and having conversations about, I think like a more serious one that we had was during the month of November is indigenous people's month here in the United States. And so they were talking about Native American culture and talking about, okay, what does Jesus's justice, the justice of God, what does it look like for Native American people and how can we partner with that? And so those are things wow. I did not expect to talk to my first grader about, but things that have just naturally arisen with her asking questions and saying, and bringing Jesus into that conversation. Okay, what, from what we know about Jesus, how would he enable Jesus? justice how would he be a peacemaker and how can we we as followers of Jesus do that as well I think that's so cool how you're discipling even when she's not there she's at school and you're you know dropping these comments to her like how well how could you show Jesus or you know things like that and the these are discussions that you can have with her after school and you can definitely tell that she's taking on board what you're saying because, okay, yeah, rounding up the kids, making them apologize is super cute. But, you know, she's taking it on board, isn't she? Yeah. And I mean, I don't necessarily, like we chose, I mean, I know homeschooling is like very, it's the trendy thing to do in like Christian circles right now. But I mean, we we chose not to because our we have a public bilingual school in our area and our children are are little bilinguals. That is a very, um, <laughs> that, I mean, I mean, my husband's from Mexico. And so that was just something that's always been important to us. Like my younger, my middle child speaks very, very little English. And so it just seemed necessary to put them into that school setting. And so it was very scary for me because I think with all of the homeschooling that does happen within Christian circles, it was like, oh man, we're a little bit going against the grain, but I think <laughs> like, I mean, which sounds like so opposite what you hear, but it feels a little bit that way, but it's, I get you. Yeah. It's just been such the biggest blessing for our family and been one because they're, they're surrounded by their heart language every day and that's celebrated and they don't have to like explain themselves, but also to have those opportunities where they get to, I don't think like we should send our kids off to be like little missionaries in the school. That's like not my philosophy, but getting to have those organic moments where they get to see, okay, this is what real life is. And how would Jesus do that? Like, how can, how, how would maybe Jesus like love our friends and our peers and be in this situation? And so that's, it's just been fun. It's been a fun experience. For I think, that, I think that's really cool. Is the bilingual school that your children, well, sorry, daughter, is the school a secular school or a Christian school? It is. It's a secular school. Um, it's a public school yep. in the state. We just have a very large Latino community. We're a part of that because my kids are Latino. Yeah. And the goals of the bilingual school is to help native Spanish speakers be able to maintain their heritage language because um, there is just a very large 
history of linguistic oppression against Spanish speakers or any minority language speakers. And a lot yeah. of Spanish speakers have lost that. So uh, what we see in our school is a lot of native Spanish speakers that are putting their children in the school so that they can learn in their first language, which shows better outcomes for children that if you learn the ABCs and how to read in the language you've grown up speaking, you will do better academically. And I've seen that for our children. It's, I just love hearing my daughter be able to read in Spanish because that was her first words, like her first words up until probably she was about, until this last year have all been in Spanish. We speak Spanish at home. And so, and then you also see a lot of parents that their parents were Spanish speakers, but didn't teach them Spanish so that they wouldn't be um, discriminated against. Mm. So we have a lot of parents that are reclaiming that for their children in the school. And so it's just a beautiful, like restorative initiative that I love. And I'm excited that we get to be a part of. Yeah. So it's, it's great, but it is a secular school. But something that I really have appreciated is that it tends to, that they do get to experience people from other places. I think it puts all of Paul's epistles in a very more relatable light because Paul was mm. from a multicultural society whenever he is writing his epistles. Or you even see this in the book of Acts is that he was a multicultural person and that he's always code switching and looking at his audience and what group are they a part of? What language do they speak? And then he adjusts even from like, because his name was never changed. His name was never changed from Saul to Paul. He was adjusting his name depending on if he was speaking to Hellenistic Jews or or traditional Jews or talking to Gentiles. And so I think for them to be a part of that, that's just them walking in the footsteps of Paul. They get to grow up and be very much immersed in different ways of thought and thinking. And that doesn't mean we necessarily agree with everyone, but being familiar with that helps us be able to relate better and helps us to be able, like Paul in Athens, he, he was very troubled by seeing all the idols that were worshiped, but instead of preaching against that, he said, here, I see that you have a God that is unknown. Let me introduce you to him. Yeah. That's what he did in Athens. And I think for us, it's just been a beautiful way that we can, they, they get to see that not everyone in the world believes the same and we can talk about that. And we can still be friends with people from mm. different walks of life. And when we do that, it gives us a better way to see Jesus. We don't have to say, oh, here's my Jesus. And I'm going to like bash <laughs> you. I can, yeah. that I can sit and listen and say, Jesus, where are you? And how can I be a part of what you're already doing and what you're already speaking to my friend and in my community? And so that's like, that's what I, how we kind of approach it and have loved because there's definitely people from all sorts of walks of life. And even talking with her about other Christians in her school and ways they approach different things that we, we handle different ways. Cause even Christians, like we, oh yeah we have different beliefs and different standards on different things. And even in saying, well, we all love Jesus, but Jesus has just led us to different places. And that's <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I think it's super healthy to have non-Christian friends and for your kids to be exposed to that as well, because I was just reflecting on it the other day and I was thinking, oh, we're almost at the moment. I'm in this little Christian bubble and I don't think it's, that healthy 
you know, all of my friends are Christians, my family are with the Lord, my daughter goes to a Christian school, and I was thinking I need to... (laughs) I need to mix things up a little bit because I don't think that's healthy. And how are we to share the good news with others if we're just immersing ourselves with like-minded people all the time? Well, and I mean, I think, I mean, it's so easy to do that because oh yeah, our society's been set up, we, we naturally gravitate towards people that are more like us. And if all of our social interactions like are at church, I mean, that that's kind of where we, we, and that's not a bad thing to have a solid core Christian community. Like that's a very good thing and it's a healthy thing. We need that. But also, I mean, I think it's just become a place where we can get into a bubble and I've definitely experienced <laughs> that. I mean, this is very, and I think there's seasons where that can be okay as well. I mean, yeah. if you are again, like just struggling and a struggling mom on the struggle bus, it's okay to not just be doing all the things and trying to share your faith. It's okay to like be the one taken care of for yeah. a little bit. hundred like, percent agree. As well. Yeah. So. Oh, Kayla, I have so enjoyed speaking to you. We had a, had a little bit of a glitch with the Zoom call, but we moved past it and I could have so many more questions for you. You've definitely inspired me because I have a six-year-old and as I mentioned, she's at school, but I have a newborn. And so we're kind of, it feels a bit weird actually, because we're doing it all over again. And (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's exciting though. And I am a lot, you know, I'm in a different place, different season that that word's been coming up a lot in this discussion but I'm in a different season with my walk with the Lord than I was with my daughter and it's going to be awesome like I'm definitely keen to get a few of your tips and yeah I'm going to implement those with my son I'm super excited at the moment not too sure how effective that'll be but hey I'm still you know praying around him praying over him reading the word around him putting the worship music on you know just filling the atmosphere really with God and then we'll move forward and, you know, into a little bit more uh, oh, proper, proper teaching. I mean, all yeah. of that is. And exactly. So- exactly. You're so right. So could you tell our listeners where they could find out a little bit more about you? Yeah. So the easiest place to find me is on Instagram at baby devotions. That's my handle. And then also I have a blog, which is www.babydevotions.com. It's kind of an archive of all of (laughs) what Baby Devotions has been. And you can find resources and um, play ideas on there as well. Oh, that is so cool. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I really, really appreciate it. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Mama's Mission. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review. Thanks, guys. Hey, Mama. I can pretty much say ditto to what my little girl just said. It lights me up when you're encouraged to disciple your kids from the content here at Mama's Mission. So either leave a review on the podcast or hit me up on Instagram at a dash of Deb. Or better yet, join the family by subscribing to our newsletter. The link is in the description. Be blessed, Mama.